pop bop pop bop pop bop how's that <laughs> terrible <laughs> it's a fucking mess thanks for making my point for me pop bop pop bop pop pop among the worst things i've ever heard You have backed your car into ear and loathing. We are the Gitmo Bros <laughs> doing our podcast. <laughs> uh, number one rockers forever doing a podcast as usual. Welcome to episode 35. Yeah, look at us. 35 episodes under our belts. Oh, hi there. Our guest showed up early. It's Bowser. <laughs> It's Bowser. Well, the plane will be by soon. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you for for uh, checking in there, Mr. Media Darling. Why don't you uh, send some sort of greeting to the people right now? I'm George White, and I just want to fill the world with silly love songs. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard his, his music. It's true. Uh, yeah. So... George is here. Now, there, I believe there's somebody else who should be checking in. He's calling in from the North Star. He's the yeoman purser of the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star. And he's every cute doggy in the world's North Star. Say hello. Baringa! If you like to party, then give me five. And if you don't like to party, I'm going to go ahead and keep the five, because what the hell do you need money for? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's always counting other people's money. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, episode 35 here with the number one rockers forever. We're going to be torturing uh, George today. Me. Is that correct? No, Aaron. Oh, no, Aaron. Aaron is today. That's right. I'm. You guys, my head is so turned around. It with took all us these 35 episodes. episodes to make that make that mistake. So, you've you, done you, good. Yeah, you were you were in San Diego for the weekend partying. You, you know, you're a day late and a dollar That's short. True. You don't know, you don't know who's torturing. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but it's your first mistake. It's who cares? Also, I noticed speaking of 35 in the 35th episode, um, our episode when it when we got to our 13th episode, our our, our episode was a man uh, in the Jewish faith, and now at 35, our 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 show could be president. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Allowed as long as born in the United States. Oh, I mean, come on. Sorry, yeah. old Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Well, it, it, so you guys now, uh, when you go to the polls, I guess it wouldn't be till uh, for a few years, but to start preparing yourself to, you know, jot down a write-in candidate. Ear and loathing, the Gitmo bros. That's right. George White for president. <laughs> no, all three of us are triumphant. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know what? Okay, fine, you guys. Go ahead and point out that I made a mistake. Jeez. So I messed up. Shut up. <laughs> you did it on Made purpose it. so so you could do your drop oh of course <laughs> no i it's just because there's so many episodes i'm juggling all the time i never know what's up and what's down and who's up next and whatever but you know who i, I know for sure is up next it's a little uh 
a, a squat little hillbilly the corner of the world with with, with the dripping tobacco juice out of his out of his mouth as he as he spits and says this hi there welcome to kibitz corner fucking glam got some in my eye this time yeah he, he's been doing a good job he, he introduced today's um you know uh, social media trailer for the uh for episode thirty-two. Oh right, Clem. yeah. Clem, Clem is introducing that today. Yeah, yeah. We use Clem when one of us isn't in the torture chamber, and we have a guest. Clem, Clem's the one who who does it. You yeah. know, under protest, but he does do it. So yeah, George, uh, Clem opened the curtain and and is now allowing you to walk to center stage and Not me, let us. Aaron, Aaron, fucking a. God damn it! <laughs> Jesus, you want to torture George? So I messed up. Shut up. <laughs> Why do I think George for I don't know. I'm just I got George on the brain. All right, sorry I don't Aaron. Know. I'm I'm an asshole. So Aaron has now been ushered in. Clem is now removing George from center stage. Hey, hey Clem, ow. Hey. <laughs> and 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 Aaron's walking by and and giving giving George a look going. <laughs> as he as he goes through the curtains and he presents us with this. I was thinking um about I was just sort of mulling over things as I was driving to work uh, today. And I was thinking about uh, this kind of life moment. And, and I was, and I was thinking that I would call this God damn you wisdom. Even <laughs> <laughs> theme song. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't have time. Uh, but I was thinking that like when I was a kid, the best way to illustrate it is this. When I was a kid uh, growing, it was before I moved to South pass, I was living in uh, Van Nuys just around the corner from George really. And when I was young, I distinctly remember, and my parents were still together, so that makes me fucking young. I was young. And and I remember thinking, looking at my dad one day, going, this fucking guy, he, he could go <laughs> at any time, at any time, this motherfucker could get in his car, into the MG, <laughs> drive to the North Hollywood fucking water slide, and just take the day. Water slide all day long. All day long he could water slide. That man right there, he has the power to do that. I don't know. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Boss. Yeah, I'm not coming in. I'm sick. My foot hurts. And he can go to the fucking water slide. Me, it takes a fucking act of Congress to get to the goddamn water slide. And I was so and I was so jealous. And I said, fucking someday, baby, someday I'm going to go to the water slide whenever I want to. Now, here I am at uh, 51 and... I don't know how much you need to pay me to go to the website <laughs> because I, I get wrapped up in it and I think about, oh, there's going to be traffic. Oh, it's the fucking water's gross. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to be around the people who would go to to that place. Well, just, just be like dunking myself into COVID juice or something. Right. Yeah. And I suppose like to be fair, let's take away the pandemic from it because I mean, that certainly didn't sweeten the pot. That just only makes it more horrific in my mind. But even you know before, what chlorine's for? <laughs> but that, but the chlorine doesn't fix the uh, the drunks. It doesn't fix screaming, not screaming, having fun kids, like just screaming children. And you get drunk and, at a water yeah. slide. Fuck yeah, dude! Especially now. No, I didn't and, know. I've, I've never gone to a water slide drunk. I should try that. Yeah, suddenly like, I'm interested. Yeah, but like it's like it, it's such it's such a burn on getting older in a way and like there's a certainly more upsides i suppose but there's a number of things i was curious what your guys example might be of this but like my best example i think is 
the water slide where like what was the holy grail of activities. And I'll do one thing more. Like typically if like I was going to go, if I was thinking about Disneyland or Magic Mountain as a kid, I was thinking about it in terms of going with chums. Wouldn't it be fun if me and my friends went to duh? Fucking water slide. I would have gone. I would have got into it. Ted Bundy could have picked me up <laughs> in a VW, in a VW bus, <laughs> and I wasn't his type, so he'd probably get me there. <laughs> I go to North right. Hollywood. Yeah, I just get in there and I do it. And, you know, I I I'd have like you know old tape and rope on my feet and stuff, but I'd get it off. <laughs> and I go, and I go I to, to waterslide. You can just rinse it off in the waterslide. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, so I would have done that. I would have done it. And I would have gone alone. And so, and so for something that was so beautiful to me or that I perceived it to be, and now to be the exact opposite is jarring. And, you know, this is growing up, but I also found it sort of, I mean, and it's not, it's not the kind of thing where I get depressed about it, but it is a thing that I go, oh, geez. And I do clock it. Do you guys have anything like that? I have one. I, I probably have several, but the one that first, that, that immediately pops to mind um, would be movies. Right. Especially now when you can watch virtually anything you want at any time. Mm-hmm. And there's also way more things to get. Even even if there's a, a movie that's only showing at the theater, I'm not going to be super bummed because there's 10 billion other things to watch at home, you know? Right. Right. And, and then, and then you just do that obvious math, which is, well, I'll just wait a month till it shows up on streaming and then problem solved. Yeah, you used to think about like I would think about like <laughs> Mark Gordonson and me and I think Josh Blackwell went to go see <laughs> in the theater went to go see Summer Rental with Mark Harmon. <laughs> yeah, John John Candy, right? Yeah, I, no, 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 no. I mean, I think that he was in a in a in a in a movie like that. The one I'm thinking of maybe is not Summer Rental, but it was like Summer School or something like summer that. Summer School, it was a, right? It yeah, was yeah, Mark right. Harmon, yeah. I think, and Kirstie Alley. It's the funny teacher, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they go to amusement park. But like my point is, is that we fucking did that. Like, why, why would we choose to go see a Mark Harmon movie? Yeah, because there was fuck all to do. Right, right. Before you pro- probably it wasn't easy to get your hands on booze, and so you just said, "Well, let's just go kill a couple hours going see whatever's right. at the theater." Sometimes you wouldn't even know you'd show up and go, "Well, right. fucking Mark Harmon starting in twenty minutes." I guess. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's What's it. playing? Eight thirty. Let's go. Whatever's at eight thirty. Right. <laughs> it was probably a very very hot. San Gabriel Valley day and you're just like fucking anything and like had to get out of Mark's house for some reason or whatever. But like, that's what you would do. And you would go and do that. Like to your point, Damon. And and now it's like, Oh gee, but to go, it's like, da, 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 da. There's these many problems with it. And you just start clicking off on your hand. You run out of fingers for like, and then fucking then this. And I may be worse than most with my heightened social anxiety these days. But like it, it, I think that a lot of people feel that way, Damon. Well, even pre COVID, yeah, the bane of my of my movie going experience is people who fucking talk, right? And they don't have any etiquette whatsoever. I mean, you should be sitting like a statue. You know, the second I I, I even get a little bit cringy when when the uh, previews are on and people haven't kind of settled in, yeah, and into right. into statue mode. But I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just let this go. The second those fucking credits start, I'm 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 like, hey. Hey, movie starting. I, I'm a dick, and and I don't like being that guy. Right. Um. One. T- in fact, here's a story, and this goes back like to the to the '90s or something, probably like late '90s. Um. And I even will remember the name of, or, or at least remember the movie. And you guys can help me with the name. It was Sam Jackson, and uh, 
shoot, the guy from Private Parts, uh, Paul, Paul Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti, and it was about uh, it was a negotiator. Was that what it's it was called? called? The Negotiator. Negotiator. The Negotiator. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kevin so it was Spacey. That movie. Yeah. yeah, Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was that movie, and for whatever reason, me and my date uh, both were pay- playing hooky from work. So we decided, let's just go to a weekday movie when no one's going to be there, and we can just do our thing. Do our thing meaning watch the movie. We weren't we weren't <laughs> we weren't gonna take it to the next level. But uh and so I'm there, I you know, kind of settle in and then of course it's it's a virtually empty theater and this this old bat had to come sit right in our row. You know, <laughs> still like five seats away, but still like why why our row? Why? Why? And this must be her ritual because she's like thinking like us. Well, I can just go to the movie theater and no one's there. She brings a plastic (laughs) grocery bag full of candy. Yeah, brings her own shit. Yep. And it's not just the fact that she's like munching away. She's having to A, rustle the bag as she's reaching for her candy. And then she has to unwrap all the individual Brock's candies or whatever the fuck she brought. <laughs> Probably all the shit that we just, t- t- you know, taste tested for our Halloween episode. Fucking right, Chinese, right. Chinese. Yeah, yeah Chinese gin- <laughs> you know, ginger candy, candy. And, and circus peanuts. Fucking Necco with <laughs> that, that poor gal, she's like, these fucking young fucks could be anywhere in the world. And this is like my only option as far as she's concerned. <laughs> she had plenty of rows, though. We were sitting down there first. And so so she's rustling and rustling and rustling. And finally, I just, you know, turn my head over to her and I go, you almost done with that bag? <laughs> <laughs> and she, it, go, it goes, <laughs> stops. And then we sit through the whole movie. So we have two hours of, of, of her, like, just, just fuming in her chair. Because we get up and leave when the movie's over, and we and she just stands bolt upright and just stands there in our row, and waits for us to pass. And as as I walk past her, she she sort of whispers, "Fuck asshole, fucking asshole, asshole." <laughs> She's a mumbling oh fucking God. asshole. <laughs> Dirty grandma. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think Aaron's right. I think that was probably her ritual. She's old. That's what that was. She that was, that's her row. That's where she sits. And yeah. you guys are intruding yeah, on you're her You're fucking day. her shit up. Yeah, well. like, that's where she goes. She brings the Brock's candy. She, you know, she sits in this seat. Take your fucking OCD somewhere else. You know, I don't care. <laughs> um, so anyway, that it's just that sort of story is, is what seems to happen to me all the time. Um, so, I, yeah, that's just it's n- number one is just people coexisting with people and what's supposed to be a quiet room. And uh, mm. and they just can't handle themselves. They always have to cough or something. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my biggest problem with it. The ticket prices or whatever it is, it's totally outlandish how much it costs to just buy like a diet Coke or something, but whatever. But you're thinking about it, right? So like, it's much the same as my thing where like I didn't, the only thing I was weighing at that moment when I was looking at my father was just how do I get to North Hollywood and get into, uh, you know, and get into the goddamn water slide situation. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like it didn't matter. Like it could have been fucking too crowded. It could have been on fire. Yeah. And it didn't matter. But now they're I'm, out of I'm water. Labored, right. <laughs> I'm labored with all the problems before I even get there. And then when I'm there, these people are and these things are going to ruin it. Whereas before I had no agenda. I had one thing on my agenda. You know, well, that's yeah. To, to, to go back to your original question, which is, yes, just like you and Mark and Josh, Movies were just what you did when you were a kid because there's nothing else to do. And you'd go see any right. stupid movie. I remember I saw, in fact, having this this revelation as a kid, which was an adult thought, going to see, um, I think it was a Gene Wilder, Gilda Radner movie or something. 
where you just... I just called to say I love you? <laughs> it was one of those stupid movies. And as a kid, I don't know when, when it was probably, it was probably 10 or 11 or something, just because you would just go to the movies and see what was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and you know, I knew who Gene Wilder was, so I thought he was funny, and I probably knew who she was too. But anyway, I remember sitting in the theater going, you know, I didn't have to see this movie. I would have been just fine not seeing this movie because it was so right. st- so bored sitting there, you know. So, but right. it's I guess my point is is that like it it was something that you just did as a kid and you didn't think twice about were people going to be loud, you know mm. where where am I going to park, whatever. So what disease am I going to catch? Yeah, well, right. You know how many how many dudes <laughs> no. will I have to fight because they're being fucking wacko? Like I don't want to take I don't I figure that my agenda is just too gnarly and it's better rather I won't change anyone. So I just need to take me out of it is where I put it. Now, what about you, George? Do you have that? Did you have those kinds of uh, a thing like that when you were a kid that you remember that yes, now you just uh, would never fucking do? No, that that thing that I wanted to do. I I, I I've been interested in that. It feels like the world has changed for me. When, we, when the time you're talking about, when we were kids. It, it felt like an adult's world to me, and it was. And you wanted to be older, and you wanted to be an adult. At least I did. Right. Like I wanted to grow up. And it feels like now it's not as much that way and it's been getting worse and worse where it seems everything's for kids or for it's not an adult world anymore. And right. and I wanted to be grown up. And the main thing for me, which I guess is the typical thing for a lot of a lot of kids, is I I wanted to go to concerts. That was the holy grail for me, is being able to go to concerts. And somehow that was a, a portal for me to girls as well. Like if you could go to a concert, you were just going to meet girls there and going to finger blast and during the show, and it was just going to be the greatest thing in the world. That was the whole. Don't know. Don't know. Just yeah. Just going to concerts and and specifically the word concert. Like I just want to go to concerts. And by the way, by the time I was eleven, I mean I went to see Kiss when I was eleven, and that was my first show. And you know I went with my cool neighbors that were like Vicky and Ernie that were like eighteen. They were like they were nineteen years old, but they were married, and I'd been the ring boy in their in their wedding. <laughs> and your they, first showbiz gig, yeah, first. And it was and it was they were recording Kiss Alive too at the at the, at the LA Forum. And I just that's what I really want to do because like older kids that went to concerts were cool to me and had girlfriends and could go to shows and just like kind of like Damon's you know parted a surfer hair in the middle Santa Cruz story like that. I just wanted to be like those kids. Yeah. And go to shows. And that was not shows, concerts. And I was telling someone this the other day that the one thing that happened to me that was that was so fantastic was that when Kiss was making Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, which was their movie that was on NBC. And it's about the stupidest thing in the world. If you've never seen it, go watch it just for the comedy. Have either of you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Bits and pieces, yeah. I remember it being horrible. It's just it's 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 the it's it's nearly you know on the level of can't stop the music except it's a TV movie just crazy but anyway you could only win tickets on 10Q that's the only place you could do to win tickets because they were gonna have a concert at Magic Mountain and because that's where they shot the movie it was about the band and a phantom that haunted the park and whatever and so they they're only giving tickets away in 10Q. And I call and call and call and I don't win. My fucking neighbor wins. And I'm like, he, he just goes home and comes back like five minutes later. Hey, I won. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. Oh, fuck. And so anyway, I finally win and we get to go. And so talk about like a, the, your water slide fantasy, Aaron. Like, so it's, there was maybe a thousand winners 
And that's all that's in the park. So all day you get to go on the, I got tired of going on the revolution. I went on like mm-hmm. five times in a row because nobody was in the park. You could run around and do whatever you wanted. And then at night there was a kiss concert that started at like six o'clock in front of the, in front of Colossus is where they set it up in the park. Mm-hmm. It was insane. It was the, my head almost exploded that I would, that I got to do that for a whole day and then right. see kiss. And to, are you in the, was, are you in the show, George? I've looked for myself so many times in the front, like in the in the crowd shots and all that. And we even left, and it wasn't early. I mean, it was like, you know, of course it was the 70s, so what did our parents do? Just dropped us off and said, well, find a payphone and call us when you're ready to come home. Yeah. You know, there was like six of us ranging between 15 and, and 12. And that was it. And we were there the whole day, I guess unsupervised. I don't, you know, no one, I mean, there were security guards and whatever, but, um, and still it, Two in the morning or one in the morning when we went home, um, they were still shooting pickups for the you know for the movie like stage pickups and I didn't want to I was I was mad I was like I'm staying I'll, I'll get a ride home I'm not, I'll, you guys go and then I realized I'll I bum a ride with Gene I'll, I'll Gene will take me home you'll see <laughs> but that was the concerts the answer to your question Aaron's concerts M- my question to you meaning is, what that you. I don't understand. So you're saying that you, the, the, the crux of this whole thing was something that you knew were going to, was going to be awesome, but now labored with the wisdom of all these years, you go, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. Oh, same thing. Like now going to a show is this giant hassle. Like I always, I always think like, cause bingo goes to so many shows and I'm like, who wants to go see Dawkin at the whiskey now? Who would hassle with that just to go see a band at the whiskey, even that. And, and forget about it, a show at the, at an arena or somewhere, just the cash outlay, the fucking hassle. I went to my friend Sean invited me to go to a Rams football game at the new SoFi Stadium. Right. I shit you not, between the tickets and what we spent the day, it cost us a thousand dollars. It cost us five hundred dollars each to That's go. That's not see an exaggeration. It's not. Nope. Yeah. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Fuck the and NFL. by the way, we sat Fuck in the, the highest section the highest section. We were in the first <laughs> row of the highest section. But <laughs> it, I mean and, and and by the way $300 of that was getting there to and fro in a, um in an Uber. And this is the city you live in, George. Here, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this dog out of this fucking room. Here, don't stop. I won't stop anything. We're just going to okay, edit okay. this point. I'll be right back. Hi, doggy. <laughs> Hi. But yeah, it just, it was just, I couldn't, it was such a, and it was fun and everything, but at the end of the day, just like a, um, just like any, like what how it used to be, it's this brand new stadium and it's great and all. But there's still a line for the bathroom, and the, everything's expensive, and the drinks are still watered down, and it's still the same experience. It's a little bit cleaner, you know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember going in the. I went in, I went in the bathroom, and, and of course, there's water all over the floor, piss all over next to the toilets, and there's no there's no paper towels. And I'm like, we've made no advances at all. Yeah, this, <laughs> this could is, be 1975. Right. This is a beautiful stadium, but the problem is the people that are here. Not right. That's my point. That's the point. That's like, that you can dress up anything. And even if you're in fancy boy seats, I don't want to get into a whole thing about it. It's just like, it, it's, 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 you know, and it's a drag and I don't know, I'm, I'm inclined to say it's the world that's changed, not me because it, it was better before. Yeah. I think, <laughs> but yeah, that's I think what every, that's what that. every, yeah. yeah I, I think that's the curse of the Getting middle older. age. I say middle age. I hope I'm middle age. Yeah, right. Well, not according to, uh, yeah, not according to certain people who <laughs> are counting me out in about 14 years. So 2038, is that the date? 36. 2036, okay. Yeah, enjoy me while you can. Because 2036, <laughs> I'm out. You just said it. The gypsy told me. The gypsy told me. 
but uh but yeah that that was my thing is is now i wouldn't it's it's hard to get me to go like i would barely even go see a band at a bar you know i didn't go the other night again with rick and steve they were like hey let's go see and i'm like oh, you know it's in tahunga uh, you know i i just didn't i don't know yeah i i i love i love i love that about bingo and i there is part of me that covets that <laughs> for myself like i wish that i was that I just enjoy because Bingo enjoys the thing. He likes every part of it. It's not just the fucking, he you know, it. and that's a beautiful thing. And I love, I love enthusiasts. I love enthusiasm, <laughs> you know, but I, I just can't. Bing you know? Vivant. Bing yeah. Vivant. Um, you know, I was thinking about in, I'm going to say when I was in probably when I was in my early forties, like I'm going to say I'm a 41 maybe or something. And somebody pitched the idea of like, Let's go to Vegas for New Year's Eve. And I said, there's going to be a lot of people there. And I just realized that, it, that it's the same words. It just switches. It used to be, there's going to be a lot of people there. It switches to, there's going to be a lot of people there. Like, it's the same. It's going to be this whole thing. But your attitude changes. Right. when. And yeah. as soon as, see, whoever said that to me, but let's go to Vegas for New Year's Eve. I just pictured myself where I'm sitting on the curb and I'm tired and everyone's yelling, yay, New Year's Eve. And they're standing up and I'm just sitting down and all I can see is a bunch of butts because I just don't care enough to stand up and go, yay, New Year's Eve. Year's Eve. Right. That was my right. picture when someone told me that's what was New Year's Eve in Las Vegas when, you know, years <laughs> before I would have been so excited and, right. you know, I think I was going to be, you know, on the rooftop of the Stardust partying with strippers, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. But no. There's a, the list is unfortunately much larger and the things that I just don't, I just can't imagine wanting to do. And many of them used to be right up near the top or certainly loomed large in my in my hope chest, you know, I still happily have a lot of things that I'm excited to do and want to do and all that. They're just typically closer to home. <laughs> They're at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, so, suddenly this became curmudgeon and loathing. You're <laughs> 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 <and> complaining. <laughs> uh, well, thank uh, you for, for sharing that with me. So that, uh, that was uh, goddamn you wisdom. <laughs> Get off my lawn, wisdom. Get off my lawn, wisdom. Um, so, but the, I guess the question is, um, do you truly feel wise now from this conversation? Did we happen to answer your questions? Well, I tell you, if the question was, am I alone in this? Now I know that no. I'm not. And so, yes, I have my answer, you could say. I have my answer. I have my answer. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I, I have one. I have one. Uh, I have one uh, follow-up question for you, Aaron. Did you the, the waterside that the one in North Hollywood? That's the one that was was cement, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was right. Yeah, it was on the it was on the north side of the one seventy, right? Yeah, and like <laughs> uh, like going toward it's the, it was over near. I don't want to bother people with this, but there's that there was that uh, sixplex theater that's. Over right, by Sears, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Laurel Canyon so and Victory, yeah, down that way. Yeah, probably right. still fucking there. Right, it probably is. Yeah, and for, for, for everyone out there, Laurel Canyon Victory near where the North Hollywood Shootout was. That's where the uh, Bank of America was. You know, they yeah. used for heat. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Same shootout, but uh, Hollywood Minute. So when you went, so when you went, when you finally, when you, I guess, when you finally got to go and live your 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 water slide fantasy, was it all that you expected it to be? 
The truth is, is that I probably went like three times a year, but when I wanted to go was fucking any time when like I, you know, where ever we were both going like dad, I was waiting for my dad. We were going to go to work, you know? Yeah. And, and I would just be thinking he could call an audible right now yeah, and say, you know what, boy, we're staying home. <laughs> you know, they could have made my fucking life. It would have, you know, I still would be smiling from that moment. Right. Did not happen. Not necessarily his fault. I, I don't I doubt that that was the last thing on his mind. <laughs> Depends how far it was, but I submit the MG probably would have broken down before you got there. Well, gee, right. I mean, if you think about where I lived, I lived on fucking Bessemer. I mean, I only I lived maybe like two miles from there. It yeah. was not far, but no. like you know, I mean, even though it was the seventies, I mean, I was too young to be like get on a bus at that time. Right. Yeah. Right. But, when anyways. Aaron, when you were at the water slide, the rare occasions you did go. And you slid by. On, it was a little mat, right? That they would give mm-hmm. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And would your dad turn to uh, uh, another gentleman saying next to him and say, <laughs> "This water slide is a real tour de force for Aaron." <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> kid, kid, kid can't get enough. He's the Paul McCartney of this water slide in North Hollywood. <laughs> See how he takes those turns? Not every kid does that. It's, it's all in how you grip it. It's how you grip the mat. He's it's a, a left natural. grip. It's a natural. That's that's my boy. Yeah, the one who's crying. That's my son. It's a fucking natural. Watch, watch how he moves in the water when he comes down the slide. Watch how he moves in the water. Did you see Bobby <laughs> Redford in Downhill Racer? Yeah. yeah. Where thing. do you think they got those moves from? <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much for entertaining me. And, uh, it's okay. about entertainment, well, baby. I'm glad I could I could uh, provide the information. I, I thought I, had, I might have come up with a couple more, but... That one, real the the movie thing, really is is the one that that was a yeah. very natural, obvious thing to do when you're a kid, and an unnatural, horrifying thing to do as an adult. Well, we could do another episode of Goddamn You Wisdom <laughs> some other time. <laughs> all right, cool guys. Well, I guess uh, we've put that off long enough with all your water slide stories and stuff. <laughs> I, I see what you're trying to do over here, but I think it's time for uh, the main event, which is uh, taking Aaron. And sliding him down on a mat to a place that we like to call... Torture chamber. Okay, I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. As we discussed, this is episode 35. Now, as you all know, and as our listeners know, episode 34 was, oh, nothing, Dalton Grant guest Mm -hmm. episode. So we're in a completely alternative universe as far as who goes first, who goes second. So I'm thinking back to episode 33, Mm. which is we were, uh, I I know I went first because I played Billy Crystal, You Look Marvelous. Yes. (laughs) And so that means George has to go first this time. That's right. Yeah, and so George, I have George's song to play for Aaron. It's torture. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything to say about this song before we get started? A little bit. So, um, you're not, you know, you don't hear the words um, "share" and "deep cut" a lot, but you're <laughs> going to hear it from me, my friends. And this is what you get from Aaron Loathing. You get deep cuts from Share. <laughs> I love Share. Uh huh. Well, we'll see you about after this. <laughs> 
This is uh this is uh this is from uh 1979's disco album Take Me Home. It is not the title track cuz it's a deep cut. And um I might as well tell you the I might as well tell you the title cuz it it's great. It's a uh, Get Down Guitar Groupie and it's G I T Get Down Guitar Groupie. <laughs> what year? What year? 1979 off her disco record Take Me Home, which Take Me Home the song was a big hit. So she's saying get down to the guitar Groupie, to she's singing too. I guess I should just wait. Just wait, yeah. Just wait mm-hmm. about so so. Spin it, Damon. Get down, guitar groupie. Deep cut, <laughs> share. Take me home. <laughs> oh yeah, this famous you know kind of like outfit she's wearing with the with the metal bikini, the metal the metal Viking outfit. Yes, dra- yeah. dragon wing headdress thing. Bob Mackie. Oh yeah. Oh yes, yes. That is a Bob Mackie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get down, guitar groupie. By share. <laughs> How do we oh, we get a commercial. Damn it. I don't know. Should there should there be a company called Mass Mutual, which is what this ad is for? It sounds like mutual masturbation, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, if, Where's your- if I show up at the bank and I get to give and receive a handy, maybe I would bank with them. I don't know. <laughs> what are you Talk offering? Talk about interest. <laughs> yeah. What are you offering? So what are the benefits of this CD? <laughs> I'd like to open an account. I'd like an HJ if you give me a CD. <laughs> All right. So anyway, here we go. Yeah, so, so she's so, fucking yeah. nailing okay, it. Okay, she's from the valley. That's the first thing. Fuck yeah, All the way, right away, coming down in the valley. I'm a lady from the valley. <laughs> what right away, Van Eyes. Yeah, she's. Do you live near the water slide? <laughs> <laughs> do you have an MG? <laughs> it's so funny how loud. Like it might be the fact that I'm 1,500 miles away, but like the mix sounds so funny and like. The, the guitar is screaming at, like right on her. Like I understand that's the point of the song, but I think they could have backed it off a little bit. No, he's a crazy guitar man. Is that Ace playing? Was this no, a Gene uh, produced thing? No, uh, no, no. Uh, well, no, Gene has a line in this. He has one line. <laughs> You'll oh, know it. No, Gene has one line in it. And um, and typical because I looked a lot into Sharon, who she worked with, and all. And um and I mean, I'll, I'll give you guys three guesses who this band is. The whole band. It's a it's a band. Well, it's they became a band later. Jafria? <laughs> no, cr- not even close. <laughs> That's always my my guess. The obvious, uh, if you're saying they became a band later and it was 1979, yep. well, Toto did they exactly? Date? You oh, nailed okay. it. Exactly. Like who? Like you're fucking share. So what do you get for this piece of crap? Oh, nothing. Toto. Yeah. <laughs> you get but David it- Hungate, Lukather, and Jeff Bacarl. That's who's on the only this song. By the way, they went and got them because well, this has to be the rock song. So we got to get these guys. The so rest that's of the, the record- Luke. That's Luke on on the yep, shred. That's Luke nice. on the shred. <laughs> nice. But unfortunately, she wasn't a groupie well, for him. Still, she, she's that's my Gene next question, George. Is yeah. is she singing about the? Uh, uh, is she like the omniscient observer? Of a guitar groupie, guitar no, she groupie. Is. No, she, she is. No, she is the guitar okay. groupie. Okay. So yeah. Listen, so she's the narrow rator, the first yeah. person guitar groupie. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. 
There we yeah. go. So what are the lyrics so far, George? Do you have them? Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a lady from the valley coming out to check the band. See, I'm crazy into <laughs> rock and roll. I got to have a guitar man. <laughs> are we sure this isn't about bingo? <laughs> I like that like, she's from the valley. Yeah. I'm a lady from... She, like, cause, cause, why? Not, why not Hollywood? She's from the valley. She wants to know that she's from the fucking valley. The San Fernando Valley, I'm guessing. <laughs> Legitimate question. Based on her ethnicity, is she from Glendale? And she is not. <laughs> I don't believe she is. Kind yeah, of which valley? valley? Yeah. Is this a <laughs> real valley? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. <laughs> but seriously, she really is from the valley, isn't it? Is she from L.A.? Oh, that's a good... I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Okay. And by the way, Aaron, Cher could go to the water park whenever she wanted. <laughs> and she fucking did. I yeah. mean, because she, oh, yeah. she, was, she was a star really young when she would... Sonny started dating her when she was still, like, fired up about water slides. Yeah, right. Probably. She's, like, 15 or 16, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my word. I think he met her at the water slide. <laughs> she was waiting to play Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Wearing this outfit. She was wearing this outfit, yeah. and he was sitting outside in an MG waiting to pick up his young son. With his fingerless gloves. <laughs> he bought her a lolly. <laughs> Gross. True story. Mustache wax. <laughs> All right, here we go. I, I have to say, though, this groove is kind of dope. I'm kind of digging the groove. I'm kind of digging. I mean, and it's fucking Toto, so, you know, it's a big surprise. It's, it's a sweet groove. Yeah. <laughs> Let it roll. Okay. Wow. I'm a sucker for his Wawa. He's the hottest act in town. I know just how to push his pedal, so you know I can get down. G-I-T, get down. Wow. Right, oh yeah, it's guitar groupie, get down. Get Like a get fiddle. Right? Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Here comes the chorus. This is, this is my rule about reverb, by the way. Crank it all the way up, and then... You know, slowly move it back down till you can understand the lyrics again. Because Cher sounds like she's like in the Grand Canyon, and the microphone right. is at a water park in North Hollywood. Because she's already, as her style is already, oh! she yeah. already she's always, like rounding everything. Oh, she's not known for enunciating. No, no. contralto, so, like... right? Is her voice? <laughs> All right, so we're coming up on the chorus now, George. Yes, sir, we are. I'm assuming it's about getting down in some form. Might be about a guitar, guitar movie. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Yeah, so I'm a get down guitar groovy, a groupie. I live from riff to riff. I'm a get down. <laughs> I'm a get down guitar groupie. Get down downtown low down. Whoa. Guitar groupie. Who wrote this, George? What <laughs> what moron put these words together? Some guys, I forget. They wrote a bunch of songs on this record. It's no one that you know, or it's just some guys. <laughs> Gene didn't weigh in with some of his genius lyrics. No, he did not. Gene Gene did uh Gene only has he has one um he has one line. You'll hear him. He has a line in the uh in the bridge. Oh, great. Yeah. I bet he's the bouncer, like, saying, okay, you can come back. 
<laughs> it's fucking That's asshole. close, Aaron. <laughs> oh, Gene. For the love of Pete. <laughs> For the love of Peter, Chris. Okay, here we go. Watch me try to catch that man. Yeah, so th- this is sort of interesting what she's doing here. So this this verse is shady lady from the get-go. Watch <laughs> me try to catch this man. See how I lure him with my seductiveness, calling myself a fan. So she's not even a fan. She just wants to fuck the guy. She's not even yeah. a fan. So I don't like that underhandedness right there at all. I don't. I like know that. a lot of musicians. There's unless you like the guy's music, there's not a lot in it for you just to bang a, <laughs> a guy who plays guitar. Trust me, I know these guys. Especially on the night cl- at like a nightclub level. <laughs> like if somebody guys playing over at uh, at Madam Wong's West, <laughs> probably has a fuck pad upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. He doesn't have a fuck pad. Yeah, he does not. He absolutely doesn't. Does not though, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. His fuck not. pads, his, his Vega where he has to put his equipment to. <laughs> right. And you got to put your foot up on that on that suitcase there that he keeps his stage wear in. Yeah. <laughs> put your foot up there. And if you bring him to your place, you have to help him load his gear up into your apartment <laughs> because he can't leave it in the Vega because it doesn't lock. And one of the tires fell off, so you're going to get cut. No, no, just get the other end. Just get the, you know, pick up the other end. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, it's only like two flights. That's it. <laughs> Elevator's busted. <laughs> get down. Get down. All right, here we go. First two. Yeah, she. I, I don't understand a fucking thing she's saying. She, oh, she does. Wh- she doesn't speak clearly. She no. There's the revert. There's so much. You're in the room with this. it. And look, I know the the sound system in in this room is shitty, but still, I I just don't think I'd be able to hear this if she was singing it right. next to my ear. Yeah, somewhere she needs she like Lenny Kravitz is dry as a bone and shares all over the map. So like we need to cut this. You know, split the difference. Um. So George, what was that last part of the verse? Uh, the last part, that verse was, uh, what a funky reputation. It's going to follow me all over town for there's one thing that he can say about his lady. She really knows how to get on down. (laughs) (laughs) Who, who wrote that? I mean, I, I am curious to know who wrote this. Obviously a musician wrote it. Um, and then, so what is his, what is his issue with groupies? Cause he sounds like he hates them. You know? I don't know. On, on the on the credits, it says Aller and Esty, E S T Y, and there's no there's no link. There's not a lot about this information. A lot about information about this song. What it being a deep cut in all. <laughs> and they wrote a lot of stuff on this record, like that that duo Aller A L L E R S D E S T Y. They wrote like five or six songs on this record. Like it's their thing. Yeah, they're they're probably all about you know groupies and and you know. Uh, there's probably a, a a song about going to Guitar Center and, and haggling for a for, for a new amp or something. <laughs> These guys are morons. This song is so fucking lame. It, it's very lame. It's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the guy Bob Esty, he produced this record. Do you? Th- you this sounds fucking like like Gene was given a budget. 
And then Gene said, well, we could pay uptown people, uptown writers. But you know what? People are going to buy this record because of Cher anyways. So let's just buy Bob fucking testes in here and fucking have him <laughs> well, well, that's write the, some bullshit. Well, that's the ba- the background to this is that in, in my, in my um, in looking into Cher, which I spent a little time looking for Cher songs, was that um, she had a lot of flop records. I didn't know that, but she had a lot of rec- records that didn't go well. And she, and she tried very hard to be a rocker. And if you guys remember... Right right before this was the Greg Allman period, like a year or two before this. And they made a record together, which that's pretty bad too. It's not this bad. And it was just called, not the name of the album, just the name of the group was called Allman and Woman. And that's what it was. And it was the two of them making a record. It was mostly covers and stuff, but it didn't do well. And then in af- after this, she tried to, then she was with that guy, Les Dudick, who was a guitar player. And she had been with Gene during this period. But the point is that she decided now, like, I'm going to make a, di- I'm going to buckle and make a disco record and have a hit. And so was she that did a, a play on all man and woman. I, I guess so. so. Yeah. I think because he, but he said, it said all men, you know, he didn't. It's been upsetting me ever since you said it. You're right. <laughs> I lost everything else. <laughs> Aaron's writing it down, doing it, diagramming man. the sentence. All in woman. I'm like and, the fucking assassination guy. I've got string. <laughs> <laughs> But she's always been the. But she's always been wanting to be part of rock for you know. Because then later on, I forgot that in the eighties is when finally she made it. When she right. was started, Jay, she started with the seeing Richie Sambora, and we that all her, sleep alone. And they, yeah, and they, that hooked her into everybody, all the Desmond Childs and yep. Diane Warrens and all those songwriters and all those songs. You know, if I could turn back time and all those things became. But it really was always about the outfit it really wasn't about her the music really because i started thinking about all this music and i thought what share song really endures you know and you hear on the radio still turn back time it turned back back time time, i guess and maybe then she kind of went into the gay club thing with uh do you believe in the 90s right but she had a lot of floppy records and this was she just decided to make a disco record and have a hit and take me home was a hit yeah Hmm. So this one went platinum. This record went platinum. I don't think it was because of Get Down Guitar Groupie, but she I mean, the song has a strut though. I mean, it, it has a fucking strut to it. I mean, it's really dumb lyrics. Uh, really dumb. No, no reggae strut. It's not reggae strut. <laughs> let's let's hear a little more. Let's hear a little more of Get Down okay. Guitar Groupie. Remember when I said earlier before, I don't know if it was before we started taping, but how I can't imagine what would get me on stage again in a live setting. I've just found out that it would be doing this song with Sweet 69 and having Christine asking Christine Joaquin to sing this song. (laughs) (laughs) She always has a number to say, all right, Keeney, I got a song for you. (laughs) Okay. You familiar with Shares Take Me? Shares Take Me Home? Okay. Good. Start uh, started share and then uh... <laughs> and Aaron's gonna play the Gene Simmons role. Yes, yeah, so Lear's coming up, right? It is, yeah. In the in the in the in the in the, uh, the middle eight here, yeah. As annoying as this song is, I I already suspect knowing what I know about Gene and my feelings about him, the worst part of the song is going to be Gene's appearance. 
he has a song that he had, his line is very him. So yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Does he? Is there anything about like a kiss coffin or something? Or no, there's not. There's nothing. He's not selling anything. Yeah. About, they weren't. They weren't. talking about like kiss merch. <laughs> no, there isn't. Here, let, missed let it opportunity. Roll. All right, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh god what did he say uh so the first line a woman on the road leads a loose and loving life gene my advice to all you ladies is you've got to get around <laughs> jesus so what what is sense. he rhyming with <laughs> is he rhyming with anything that's his line <laughs> you've got to get around <laughs> yeah that's his. Asshole. so if you want to you know he, he's you, that's his, his advice right. fuck as many guitar players as you can and, uh, you know, and one of them should be me. I'm Gene Simmons. Well, he doesn't say anything about <laughs> who you should... He's okay if you sleep in with engineers and pup and taco workers. <laughs> pup and Maybe t- you work at a water slide. It's his advice. <laughs> it's his advice is to get around, okay? That's, yeah, that's, just get forget around. Forget college. Forget college. Just get around, you know? <laughs> Screw a couple college girls and you're, guys. You're a girl from the Valley. You know what? Yeah. You're, you're a get-down guitar groupie, you know? <laughs> It's just because it's Gene and he thinks he's so cool and he's not. He's the he's the he's the antithesis of cool. The second he's out of that costume, you know, he's the, he's mm-hmm. the gi- most giant douchebag in rock and roll. Yeah, he is not cool. <laughs> At That's, all. That is a true thing to say. Like Gene's a lot of th- stuff, and some of them are, are positive for sure. Driven as hell, he is not cool. He's like Madonna. He's a great businesswoman. <laughs> he does his own business, guys. He does his yeah. own. <laughs> Get down! You listening, Keeney? Write these lyrics down, Christine. Write these down. <laughs> yeah. Start practicing. <laughs> go, Luke. Go, Luke. Luke! <laughs> Didn't that make you want to get down with him, though? <laughs> that was the that was the firstest take I've ever heard. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Luke is a goddamn genius, and, yes. and yes. right there, that's him just making sure his amp's on. <laughs> <laughs> just roll it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and, and the rest of this is just get down, get on groovy, uh, low down, get oh, down. The rest damn. of that, we're pretty much near the end. But let roll, let it roll a little longer. All right. <laughs> Does he do any like answer licks while they're while they're singing so, the chorus? Uh, I think on the outro, yes. Yeah. There he is. He is on the outro. Get down, low down, downtown. Get down, groupie. Yeah, I don't know. These guys have some sort of resentment or something because there's just the song is just teeming with with uh, you know like anger at women 
you know? 1979. And maybe, you know, here's it here. Okay, I think I just figured it out. Because these no-name numbnuts are looking at guys like Gene Simmons and probably even the, the dummies from Toto. And they're the ones in the Vega, you know, kind of schlepping around the, the, San, the San Fernando Valley to, from gig to gig or riff to riff, as they say. And no chick wants to fuck them, you know? They're not getting groupies. I don't care if it's 1979. I don't care how much coke they have. <laughs> These girls are tracking down Gene Simmons and Steven Tyler. And so this this guy wrote this song about all the 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 so-called groupies that he thinks he should have, but if he can't have them, sour grapes. Yeah, they're then, sluts. Then they're sluts. Yeah. Right. There. I just I just <laughs> analyzed the song. Thank you. Guitar groupie. Damn on. <laughs> Now, here's a, another uh, point of interest. George and I were exchanging texts about what year our, our torture songs were from. And, George, remember I said, I keep going back between like somewhere in the late 60s and the early 70s on this one artist. You'll never guess which artist I was thinking about all day yesterday. What? Who? Share, of course. Were you really? <laughs> I really Are you was. shitting me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was in a different era of share, a different shara, if you will. Nice. Yeah. And, and thank you. And uh, I was just <laughs> like, I was thinking I'll return to these songs because I I just wasn't quite feeling one as a torture song, but they were, you know, I, <laughs> a lot of songs with with share being some sort of, I don't know. A gypsy yeah. or those, a Native yeah, I, American. I looked or, at those too, but I figured you had already. I think she says that. lady. She yeah, says yeah. lady a lot. All of her vaguely racist lady. songs from the right. 70s. Yeah. yeah, I looked at all those. I Yeah, I agree. Dark Lady. Dark Lady uh, was one I looked at right. for sure. That one was, was bubbling <laughs> to the top. but, uh, uh, did, but. Did, <laughs> we're, I think we're stepping on all this, but did you know there, there's one on an there's one on a, on a album later? Like in the right before this one, that was a failure where she tried to go back to that. And the songs, I'm not kidding, it's called like War Paint and Soft Feathers. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, it was also about like, I think this one, instead of like a, being a half breed, which is another share song, by the way, yeah, yeah, it oh, yeah. was, I think War Paint and Soft Feathers were the name, of, like, you know, Dances with Wolves was the name of a, of a yeah. Native American in that movie. So one was named War Paint and the other one was Soft Feathers. That was their actual names. And it was a, they were in love. One was a Cherokee. One, one was, was a Cherokee. Sioux. Yeah, right. <laughs> something. Right. And she was a, and like she was a blue-eyed Sioux or something. Right, exactly. Like, I lived, we were on the same page song. there. You were on the same page. We were in the it's same the page. It's the synchronicity of the show, of the pod. Yeah, I know. Pod, pod sonicity. <laughs> I, I, was, I was, as I looked at Cher, I was, I, was, uh, I was surprised that, like I said, she didn't, in the beginning, Sonny did everything. Then she had a period of songs that were, like I said, vaguely racist story songs that were <laughs> popular during that time, which yeah. everyone kind of did. You know, the Billy Don't Be a Hero kind of, you know. And then, um, and then this period where you know with this disco and get down, get down guitar groupie. Then the eighties where where she did the what was popular, which was turn songs back time where, and all turn that. back time and that. And all, I, I it just was impressed upon me that. She didn't really, not that I guess she isn't greater an icon, because she is, but that she followed trends. She didn't set them. It was sort of share doing what was already being done. Right. You always get into trouble as an artist when you're doing that. And, right. I mean, and she did that I mean, a lot. <laughs> but like you don't always, you sometimes you can do that and chase it and it ha and you win just enough so that it's the devil for other people. Meaning that like for every heart who did it and had a hit, yes, right. they regretted it later, but they won. You know, in terms of having a hit, right? There's a million other people who tried to do it, and it. it oh well. 
well, yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. And so she did have a hit with this record and this Get Town guitar group. He was on Take Me Home. But Take Me Home, you guys know that song. I think it's just, it's a basic disco song. You know, it's Get Down not, Downtown. Anything, which, which what? <laughs> I live lick to lick. I live lick to lick. Get down, go down, downtown. <laughs> Is it riff to riff? Riff to riff. And I know how just how to work his wah-wah pedal. Because <laughs> at least lick to lick isn't the innuendo, right? But like she also said riff to riff. So she, like she's literally yeah. just into the shredding. Yeah. Yeah, right. they weren't smart enough to come up with a, at least a funny play on it with like lick to lick, which would have been funny. And then they're, they're, then you have Gene in there with a the tongue. The whole thing comes together. <laughs> the whole thing comes together with Gene. And you'd think that like, like that he would be, you know, because she later she did, she's on... Uh, it, and if you guys want to laugh, if you ever listened to Gene's solo record, which is just sort of a weird combination of stuff he likes. And there's a song called uh, Living in Sin at the Holiday Inn. And <laughs> and he, and he she plays a groupie on it. Like she says, like, oh, Mr. Simmons, I can't believe I reached your room. Like she does. She's calling the room. Yeah. She does that on his solo record. And, and you guys would make you sick. But like there's all there's all, there's like three or two or three Beatles things he does on his solo record where he got the guys from Beatlemania to come sing with him. Yeah. Well, it's, you really can, like, it is, it's a thing that Gene would like to ask a groupie to call him Mr. Fucking Simmons. You're right. <laughs> <An> asshole. <laughs> but you know, it's funny cunt. that it's Cher. It's supposed to be funny right. that it's, that it's Cher, that that's what's. She's living it, riff to riff, okay? She's living <laughs> riff to riff, guys. She's from the Valley. You know, she's, you know she lives over by the water slab in Bessemer. You know, and she. <laughs> I want to get that that t shirt. Living, living riff to, to riff. riff. <laughs> That's what Christine should wear on stage. <laughs> uh, God damn it! Well, there you go. Is there anyway, anything else, George? No, that's that's Get Town Guitar Groupie. <laughs> well, then that there's kind of a nice little dovetail into my song, my torture song for Aaron today, because. One of the songs that I, I really spend a lot of time on, a share song that I spent a lot of time on, and it was written by Sonny, of course, Sonny Bono. Yeah. It was called You Better Sit Down, Kids. I almost did, did that did one. Did you get to that one? Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about the the divorced... For some reason, Cher, it's it's written by Sonny in, from a male father perspective. Yeah. And uh, and then Cher just does, doesn't bother to change the lyrics. So anyway, it's about a father... To, you know, sitting his kids down and telling the kids that, you know, he's leaving and he, they're going to be alone with mom and blah. It's just a really fucking stupid song. Is the father Mac Davis? <laughs> <laughs> you better sit down, Scotty. <laughs> but, but, uh, so there's that side of the coin, which was very like, you know, our, our childhood of like the, the parents constantly sitting you down and breaking bad news to you. <laughs> this is before backwards baseball caps too. <laughs> Like Aaron's mom sitting him down and saying, look, I, we have to leave the village people movie so we can go back and fight with your dad some more. <laughs> yeah, we can't stay. We can't stay with the village people all day. All day. <laughs> We're going to have to go home sometime. Can you, you drop me off of the water slide, please? <laughs> <laughs> you better sit down, Aaron. I'm, mom, I'm in a movie seat. <laughs> Yeah, we were in the movie theater next to the waterside, by the way. Like, it, we, she, we could have done that. It was yeah. right over in that same area. <laughs> the Valley Plaza 6. That's right. That's right. Oh. So, so my song is, is, the, is the, you cannot do more of a 180 to way, the way that parents interact with their kids. And I don't, I was trying to think of a good department that this came from. But um, <laughs> it's really, you know, no, the only thing I could come up with is this kind of like the, the cult of parenthood department. Okay. Right. And so this let's go back to 1997. Uh-oh. Mm. Here we go.
There's two things I know for sure She was sent here from heaven And she's daddy's little girl As I drop to my knees by her bed at night <laughs> Anyone recognize that? No, it's just like... It's, it sounds like every other thing. It, um, I want to say, like, not Al Jarreau, but like a... Um, no, that's uh, a white guy. Is it, that's a, that's yeah, a dopey that's white guy sure singing. Guy. In fact, um, I, I will say, if if Barney Rubble ever manifested as a human being, he would look Peter like Cetera? this. <laughs> no, no, this guy no. Has, has, has Barney's bod as well. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. I'll just tell you who it is. Yeah. It's Christian singer Bob Carlyle. <laughs> Bob How Carlyle. would we know that? <laughs> Is that Carlisle with an one of those SL deals or with a YL thing? That's a it's Carl L I S L E. Ah. Wow, both. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But an know, asshole way to spell it. <laughs> pop icon Bob Carlisle. Bob Carlisle. So listen, let's get to the chorus, and, you see, and I'll see if you recognize the song. I'm not going to tell you the name of it yet. Okay. okay? Yeah, because it was this was a goddamn big hit in 1990. Is this, this, is like this one of my, a religious song, or he's just heavy into Christ? No, he's a he's a big time, uh, you know, Jesus thumper. But but uh, this song isn't necessarily well. Okay, I take that back. There's a lot of mentions of of J Bones in the song and and the, and praying to the Lord. But it's, <laughs> that's it's a what song. I'm saying. Is it one of those where it's like it's he's saying I want to get down and praise you. Where it sounds like it might be romantic, but he's really just talking about Jay yeah. Boogie. It's like a it's like a striper song. <laughs> Don't forget right. how I introed this about the parents. Okay? Oh, so, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And you guys might recognize the chorus, so let's get there okay. Okay, let's before get, I tell yeah. you the name of it, and then we'll and then we'll uh, we'll we'll regroup. Bob Carlin. She talks to Jesus, and I close my eyes, and I thank God for all of the joy in my. Oh, but most of all, for butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer. Little... <laughs> Anyone getting this one? No, it's it's butterfly kisses. That's right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's there, there's a reason I know this, and it's a whole other story. But um, uh oh, is it a story you can reveal? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, oh, okay, but it's it, play a little more, and I'll tell it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, yeah, this is a song called Butterfly Kisses, and it's about a guy singing to his daughter. Okay? I know that that's like the eyebrow or the uh, eyelash thing, right? That's what that yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. I wish that I my, my, my mind, maybe I'm just a fucking dirty fuck, but like that's not what I think of when I hear that phrase. Now, I know... <laughs> I know. I know oh, it's the other oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't... Is it because so it has the word up. butt in the title? No, it's a cunnilingus. It's a cunnilingus. <laughs> yeah, it's more dad. of a cunnilingus thing. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about butt, yeah. but you know, God bless. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, now that it's fucking, it's a kid song, and all oh, that's. Lord. Yeah, it look. The, this song takes a creepy, weird turn, and not. I don't. I'm not saying. I'm gonna get in trouble with this. I don't care. But I, because you know, I don't have kids, so I don't have these same fucking you know right. sentiments going in my head all the time. And so someone, someone, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't fucking uh, sentiments. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, like I hear you. I hear things, you. yeah, things change. I think when you have yeah, kids, for sure. And so, sure. and so, you have these th- these deep feelings. I guess it's just the voicing of these feelings that really creeps me out. I'm not saying he's right. doing something pervy. I'm saying I get creeped out when. 
when people express emotions so so deeply to the point where it, I get weirded out. It's by the it. style. Well, it's the style because this guy sounds like a or my, uh, maybe this was before Bolton. Probably no, it's around it's the post, same time they were contemporaries. Post post Bolton. <laughs> so he's he's coming at it from that angle though. Is what it sounds like. Like in the same gusto that Michael Bolton wants to sex you down, and he <laughs> sings in that same kind yeah. of way. This dude's. Half, you know, he's half in the bag for Christ and half in the bag for his his his, his four year old. You know, so like I don't know if he's coming or going. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird sentiment to me. It's sort of like we talked about with Dan Hill, right? And we talked about with somebody else. I forget, but it's sort of like I don't. I get where you're coming from, and I get the strong emotion you're trying to describe, but you're doing a very poor job of it because you're making me cringe. This prayer just got complicated. <laughs> if it was coming out of Paul Simon's delivery and face and production style, it would be a sweetness to it that's inherently different than the... I mean, that's totally different. Yeah. You know, he, he's, you know, he wants to make love, you know, and that's not what Paul Simon's just singing about. You're my little daughter, and I, he could make this sweet. Same lyrics, same everything. I mean, corny as they are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, George, I want to hear your story, but I'll carry on a little bit. Yes. I know the what looks funny. He, the cake, like he's he's describing these scenes that you, you might have. That's what he with said. Your... I was like, I wasn't understanding the cake. Yeah, looks he's, funny? it's like walk beside the pony, daddy. It's it's know, my first ride or something, and and uh, I know the cake looks funny, daddy, but I sure tried. Meaning the little girl things. Oh, how cute she made her she... own. Ca- she made her own cake. I guess so. Th- this just you're don't right. Don't love this... her that much. Buy the kid a cake. <laughs> it sounds like the song someone plays when they're you know doing a. You know, baby play or whatever you call that, where you wear a bonnet and you shit your pants and a prostitute <laughs> change your diaper and, you know, whatever that's called. It feels like that's what, like, the song's playing during that. You know what I'm talking about? Bobby Carlyle made a boom boom? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's very popular in Germany, you know, like, uh, when they... <laughs> Is it called Infantasy? What's it called? <laughs> uh, yeah, infantilizing or something. Infantilize, right? Uh, you're like you're sucking on, you're sucking on a, you know, on a, on a, uh, a pacifier and everything, and right. you know, all that. You know, there's a whole play, baby play. Right? Yeah. That's what it, this song's playing. Yeah, right? yeah. The whole thing. When I, <laughs> Is it time oh. to change your diaper? Goo goo gaga. Exactly. No, no seriously, is it time to change your diaper? I'm not supposed to say anything but goo goo gaga. Like, can you imagine the conversations that are going on? Like, no, I'm a baby. I can't talk. Get me my, get me my breast milk. What? Get me my breast milk. Bobby Carlisle. We went over this. Yeah. In my email. Yeah, when the pampers go on, the IQ goes south. Uh, All right. Roberto. Right. A little more with Bob Carlyle. <laughs> Jesus. With all that I've done wrong, I must have done something right to deserve a hug every morning and butterfly kisses at night. The tone's all wrong. The tone's 
yeah. nuts. The tone is nuts. <laughs> this was a hit. This okay, yeah. Let me let me tell you. Yeah. This was. Yeah. Uh, I remember this. Christian music artist Bob Carlisle from the album Butterfly. It was originally called Shades of Grace until this song burst onto the scene and became huge. And so they changed the name of the album to Butterfly Kisses, parentheses, Shades of Grace. And uh, number 10 on the Billboard chart, number one on Adult Contemporary. And uh, and it was a big on country. I don't remember what the what number on country uh, charts, but it won a Grammy for best country song. Cause they did a, a remix. The last song on this album is a country remix of this with the pedal steel and the fiddles and shit. So they, they uh, were hedging their bets like country or pop. Well, it turns out it was both. Right. And he won a Grammy. So Grammy for best country song and a, and a dove award, which is the gospel music association award. I really I, think it's a, 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 a easier to take entirely. If it's like a, Corny, yes, but if it's like the, the country vocal stylings and not any of this R and B bullshit that he's trying to sling on us, well, I hate where to break to it, sex Aaron, us up. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same song, including his performance. Oh goodness! And they just, just the slide on there. All they did was like stick different instruments in it, right, and right. remix it or something. So I don't think there's, I don't think he kind of twanged it up for the for the right. country crowd. Wow, it's hard to believe it. it I, I, there is no. It, no way I'd believe this is any later than like 1987. It really sounds like that. Yeah, like, it, it sounds doesn't, like a 97 Richard seems Marks era. Way too late. <laughs> yeah, know? like the production style and everything. Yeah, really sounds like uh, Mickey Bolton from back in the day. Right. Yeah, or Peter Cetera, or yeah, right. one of those. All those. Remember those duet songs? Where it was like Michael McDonald and Patti LaBelle, or like yeah, those right. kind of. Right. Those kind of all sounded like this, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Cher should come in halfway through sure. the song, <laughs> and then Gene with some advice for guitar groups. Yeah. Just She's your little up. daughter. Soon to be my groupie. All right. Here we go. Uh, verse two. Here, here it comes. Okay. Okay. This is where it starts to go a little bit sideways. So it hasn't already? Okay. <laughs> well, he's still singing to a girl on her pony and saying her prayers and stuff. So we yeah. can kind of all relate to that. And then. And her shit cake. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, your mom can't cook either. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like you take after her. <sighs> you ever tried her pot roast? This <laughs> cake of yours looks like shit. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Good looking out. <laughs> yeah, like what prompted her to say it looked funny? Because she's a kid. Like, was he frowning at the cake when she was totally. it to him? It's a weird art. I heard it and I didn't think it, how cake fit in this song. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, Bobby, just go to Ralph's for two seconds, get a sheet cake, and be done with <laughs> right. it. Right. Like, what's she making it for? Yeah, exactly. Get, get like a like a Barney decoration or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like happy graduation on it, but it's her birthday. You're like, yeah. I don't know. It's fucking cake's cake. Yeah, splurge, splurge. Go to go, go to Baskin Robbins and get an ice cream cake. People love that. <laughs> Budgie the whale. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, verse two. Guess who's growing up? Uh oh. <laughs> Yikes. Sweet sixteen today. Uh oh. Oh no, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking like her mama. A little more every day. You say cooking? No, looking. <laughs> looking, okay. looking, looking like her mama. With each glass of wine I have, she looks more like her mama. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. This is this is the line that again. 
I can't relate to this line. Maybe fathers can, but I this just seems like a weird thing to say. Here we go. One part woman, the other part girl. Uh oh. <laughs> one part blonde, the other part girl? <laughs> no, one part woman, woman, other part girl. Oh. Yeah. I look I thought when in my version of it, he he wasn't even looking at her as his daughter anymore. She's just a blonde now. <laughs> oh, dad, Jesus. Well, you know, Bob, you might even say she's a hot-blooded woman child. <laughs> Bob's a freak. I'm going to put it down right now. I don't know what the wiki says. Hey, I want to go on the record and say this for, you know, for real. Like, I saw a video where Bob, when the song was a hit and Bob was on Oprah, and his family's in the audience, and, and there's, you know, he's playing the song. It's him with his acoustic and a piano player. And uh, the guy's got a, a good, solid, you know, this sort of voice, if you if you right. like this kind of thing. Um, he sounds live like he sounds here. And, you know, women in the, in the audience are crying because it's such a heartfelt right. song. And, and he seems like a nice guy. And his daughter's there, his wife, and, and I guess they have a son, too. And for the record, they seem like nice people. And the girl really likes the song that dad wrote about her. And uh, it is kind of funny that, like, from the second he wrote the song, it's basically the whole family weeping for like a, a day and a half when he wrote this song. Because <laughs> the story he told us, he comes he comes in and uh, I guess he was looking through a photo album and he realized like his daughter's getting older and she's just not going to be in the house that much longer. So he starts crying and starts and and writes the song. Then he plays it for his wife the next morning, but he can't look at her because he's going to cry. And then she has to leave the house because she's crying. And then the, they play the song for the daughter. The daughter makes them leave the house so she could cry. Like the whole family's just like just outside. Hysterically. Yeah. It's brought to you by I think it was produced by Kleenex. They're just trying yeah. to get yeah exactly. Get a line on it. So it's a whole. They seem like a very nice family. In fact, I was I was you know dying to find some juicy dirt about. I don't remember her name. I was I was looking her up. I was googling her just to you know it would be so great if she turned out to be like she hates the song and and. Uh, you know, just hates her dad for writing and stuff. Yeah, but my seems- dad was a yutz. She she became right. a get down guitar groupie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I, unfortunately, I couldn't find anything, and maybe it is fortunately. I don't need to know that story where she became an awful person. But uh, anyway, just wanted to get that on the record that they really do seem like nice people. But this is a still a very same with Dan Hill. I like Dan Hill. He seems like a cool, nice guy, but. These fucking songs, man, they just really are, are creepy to me. And they cry I like a the lot. Name of the, the name of the album is Simply Bob Carlisle. <laughs> and I don't mean that it's Bob Carlisle. It's Simply Bob Carlisle. As, as if he was ever complicated. <laughs> yeah, who is fucking it up? <laughs> he used to be in a prog, you know, Christian band. That's a little oh, complicated. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on here. The hot-blooded woman child. To perfume and makeup from ribbons and curls, trying her wings out in a great big world. But I remember butterfly kisses after bedtime prayer, sticking little white flowers all up in her. That line also is weird to me. Sticking little white flowers all up in her hair. 
Uh, there's a, there's that a, could go in a different some, some very Some very disturbing images that uh, coaxes from me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, now Shame, that she's, Bob. Now that she's <laughs> kind of getting to dating age, you know, let's assume that she's going to be 18 soon. Um, there might be other sticking other white things in her hair. That's all I'm saying. Dad, why are you staring at me? I'm just watching you sleep, honey. Just watching you sleep. You're safe. You're safe. Can a father watch his... Just checking to make sure you said your prayers. Dad, I said prayers like five times already. Could you get out of my room? God's watching me. You don't need to watch me anymore. (laughs) I did... Look, I didn't want this to go here, but, you know... It's creepy. This is creepy. It is creepy. It's a creepy song. It's a creepy song. I'm not implying. Well, why would anyone have white flowers in their hair while they're sleeping? <laughs> Dad, these weren't in my hair when I went to I, sleep. I, I just don't. What, yeah. what is that? I mean, maybe it's something. Maybe it's the stuff on the sheets. The only time or that would happen is if somebody passed out in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm right. I mean, it just maybe. I mean, maybe it's the sheets or something. That, you know, maybe, the, yeah, maybe. The, she, okay, here it is. She the, was cr- uh, she was crying so much that she just couldn't see where she was going outside, and she fell into a bush. <laughs> And there she stayed. <laughs> and fell asleep. For a bit of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For an undisclosed amount of time. Yeah. That night drain is a mean wine. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. So. <laughs> you know how much I love you, Daddy. But if you don't mind. Okay. Sorry. I, this, yeah, this is, this is a weird, weird, weird line. You know how much I love you, Daddy, but if you don't mind, now listen what, what daughter says to, to Bob next. Okay. I'm only gonna kiss you on the cheek this time. Oh. Hold on now. Oh my god. <laughs> it's never been th- because this is, he used this to song kiss her on the mouth? <laughs> well, I think, is that I, what he I don't wants know. to do old school butterfly kisses and she's like, Is it cool if we just like just say what's up and kiss on the cheek this time? Oh okay. Oh, oh so you're saying let's she's let's too stop old for butterfly. butterfly. She's too old. too old for it now for the <sighs> eye thing for right. the eye. Yeah, because I was thinking exactly okay, what right. George was thinking. Yeah. Like right. he kept the, 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 the mouth kisses going on way too late into her <laughs> development. And she's like, Dad, can we just do it on the cheek? This time, please. At least, you can be a, solid at least and, Aaron's uh, a nice person and understands this. You and I are just like, the, hey, what about the mouth kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, Aaron is innocent and, and pure. No, and he got it. Right. He's right. Yeah. This is, that's what it is. Okay, thank God. Thank right, Bob. Thank your Lord Jesus that that's what sweet, we're beautiful about. The Lord. Yeah, because my my mind is just the Lord. The Lord. <laughs> All right, c- carrying on here. We still. I think Bob's like- counting on the on the fact that the Lord is a really busy guy. <laughs> He's like, there's no way you can look at everybody all the time. You can get my freak on. Roll the dice. Watch some foot vids. <laughs> he films at the water park. I'm interested in podiatry. You know that. What's the big deal? Allegedly. If this, if this, if this Christian rock thing doesn't work out, I got to have a plan B. All right. Oh, with all that I've done wrong, I must have done something wrong. He does admit he's done stuff wrong. Yep. Look, I'm not I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's what he said. Yeah, that doesn't make that doesn't like solve that problem that you did. <laughs> Just because you cop to it. To deserve your love every morning and butterfly kisses. 
Honey, can I just have some of your eyelashes? <laughs> and I'll butterfly kiss myself with them. I can get some of your DNA out of this and uh, make another one. You leave, build another daughter. Same thing. <laughs> they grow back. Yeah. The difference is negligible. She's sleeping and he wakes up. Why do you have scissors by my eye? <laughs> uh, uh, all right. All the precious time, like the wind, the years go by. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it. <laughs> this is a weird bridge. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's like you said, George. This is like a very '80s bridge. Yeah, like like James Ingram or something. Right there, you go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought this was. That's what I was trying to say when I, I don't know why I just said Algero, but that's what I was thinking of. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She'll change her name today. I hate that fucking sentiment of she'll change her name today. <laughs> Just say she got married today. Oh, you know? right. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I or or she's down at the courthouse literally changing her name just because she doesn't want to be right. related to the Carlisles anymore. <laughs> yeah, I would say that this is coming from three ch- the, the Gitmo bros are childless. I was just gonna say we're childless freaks. We don't we're understand this. Selfish <laughs> yeah. fucks. Yeah, yes. But still, come on, everybody. Yeah. Right. Come on. I, I'll tell I'll tell you my story in a minute. I think it, it's gonna give us some vindication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to hear your story, George. But I have a quick story based on what Aaron just said. Um, remember when I was trying to decide between uh, Wipeout and and another song, right. and I kind of presented it to Mark and and a few other people, and Mark mm-hmm. had that great line about Mike Love. Yeah. Right. This was the other song. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so when I presented the song, I'm going to say most, if not all, the adults sitting there were parents. Yeah. And, and and many of them remembered this song, or when it was described to them, they they sort of all as a group just said, "Oh, they rolled their eyes and just so that it's we're corny. not the only degenerates who hate this song, right. a, a song like this. Even like parents who might have that feeling, those feelings, uh, maybe not as extreme as Bob, but you know, just like deep <laughs> feelings for your kids. Yeah, even they were kind of grossed out by the song. So. Right. Um, anyway, that was my little parenthetical thought where I just feel like, you know, we're not, I don't think we're, we're, we're just total creeps. Okay. So go, go ahead. For this George. reason. A, a, a lot of songs sounded like this then. It just, it, it, but that's beside the point. The, the story I have and how, I suddenly had this horrific memory was that, so I don't know if you guys remember this and I just looked him up. So there was this Las Vegas entertainer that was huge for a while in around the early 2000s. His name was, was Danny Gans. Yeah, the man of a thousand voices. Exactly, Danny Gans. <laughs> and he just – and so during this period of time when that was our – Aren't was, you impressed? That's all I get? Oh, yeah, no, that's him. <laughs> that's him. I, I, Fuck I you. Be, uh, no, okay, sorry. I'm very impressed with you, but the, who this idiot is. <laughs> Danny Gans, yeah, he's an impersonator. We, yeah. we, 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 he was on a billboard. I went – with uh, my with my first wife to go get like renew our vows in Vegas, yeah. And so me and like Joey Dalton, all those fools, everyone's been on the cast, went there to do this thing. We got married by Elvis, da 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 da. 
but he was all over the billboards, and so yeah. we were all fucking high on our ass. We could get those in, like, asking the cab driver, hey, you ever catch a Timov? Because he was the man of a thousand voices. Danny Gans. Right, he was always in a black, like, tight t-shirt in his, in his, in his, uh, on the billboards. They were everywhere, you're right. So. Danny Gans. So during, yeah, and I'm impressed you knew that, Aaron, because I'd look him up. I couldn't remember his name. I'm like, it was Danny something. But anyway, so, so during every summer, that was the, every, every summer when we worked at Everybody Loves Raymond, that was the, we'd go to Vegas on, that was our trip. And we'd go usually June or July when we first started writing the show and <clears throat> came in to work on it. And we'd go for, you know, cause mostly for restaurants cause Phil loved restaurants and they were all there. But anyway, we'd go, we'd go see shows too. And we obviously from the poster and he's the man of a thousand voices thought this guy was some, we're like, he's some terrible hack. We're not, you know, we're not going to see Danny Gans. And this one writer whose name was Kathy said, no, I heard he's fantastic. We should go, we should go see him. And so we go to see this guy. You know, it's, it's you know, talk about you know jaded people. It's it's twenty five writers from show business from right. everybody loves Raymond, and he just starts doing. I mean, the impressions like are, are like it's like John Wayne's like, hey there, Pilgrim. Oh, and look, here's Cliff Clavin from <laughs> Cheers, and like it was just it was every shitty thing. That you what can, if Jack Nicholson was at the, yeah, exactly, at the yes. store? Every yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, I, everything I can't do. It's just, oh my God, it was every bad impression. The bad yeah. Bill Clinton, the fucking uh, everything. Every, every bad thing you can think of. Did, did, did he beat, did, was his, you can tell me, George, straight. You tell me straight. Was his Bruce Willis be, better than mine? I, I don't know if he did Bruce Willis. I don't know if he did. Damn right Bruce. he fucking did. Yeah. Well, I, I can answer that. No way. Who's this? We kept getting more and more irritated. You know, till the till the till the point we were just almost ready to burst at how. Fucking- and you probably had great seats too, because you're fancy boys, and so like you can't just stand up and walk out in the front. My my, my impression was we were more like cocktail tables on the side because there was a lot yeah. of us. And but anyway, so the the point of my story is that then then he then he goes to, I, I'm and he goes if you don't mind I'm going to be Danny Gans for a minute. Starts with that, and he starts telling Whoa. us about his family and his story and his wife and how much he lives loves his kids. And I think you know where this is going. Don't nobody need to hear that from you, Dan. Came no, here to yeah. see man and he says it that way. Like, if you don't mind, I'm going to be Danny. I, I have a thousand voices, but I'm going to be Danny Gans for a minute. He Danny Gans, comma father, father, exactly, <laughs> father, husband, whatever. And and of course the band strikes up, and he goes into this. And we just go fucking crazy. Like the whole, all the staff just goes, oh my God, fuck this guy. This is the stupidest fucking show I've ever seen in my life. And he's he did Butterfly this, Kisses? He did this song, yes. He did, did he sing the whole thing? This is yep. a long ass song. He did. He sang the whole thing. And, 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 like, and, and also in the, in the, either during it or at the end, there was a recording of his kid going, I love you, daddy. Like it was just, fuck it was the off. cheesiest yeah. thing wow. we'd seen in Vegas. Like we got up and left after that. That's what throw us over the edge was that song. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> just 25 people stand up angrily. <laughs> fuck you. And probably more than half of those people, Georgie, even though that was a long time ago, had kids. Oh, for sure. Almost a lot. Almost all the writers did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just, and this, and that's the only reason I recognized this song is I'm like, oh my God, this is this Danny Gans song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Danny Gans number. What I, what, I, what I remember mostly is every time for some reason, uh, we had a writer named Jennifer and another writer named Jeremy. And, and every time he told a terrible joke, Jennifer would just turn and punch Jeremy in the arm like it was his fault. 
So she goes, God damn it, Jeremy, why did you bring us here? And we all, this is what put, we all got up and, and we'd been drinking and stuff and been to dinner before this, but at the same time, it was just like, this is what put us over the edge. And that's my memory of this song. And it's, it really is a horrible, horrible song. Yeah, it's a horror show for sure. Yeah. And we had the same feelings. Like, we thought it was creepy. Like, we're looking at each other with these lyrics. I'm remembering now, like, what did he, what's he saying? Yeah. Right. And then the kids are recorded over it going, Daddy, I love you. Don't go away. Or whatever they're saying, like, pre-recorded. It was just. <laughs> it was hard. And so, was wait, hard. what What years were you on the show, George? I was on the show from, let's see, this year. from Let's see, from 97 to 2005 okay so it was yeah. it was maybe if it was early in the your run on the show then it makes sense that like this was a, it wasn't like he was pulling it out like 20 years later or something no no this was like 2001 maybe we were there when this was okay when this like so it's only a few years i didn't i had no idea that bob carlisle had a hit with this i thought that danny gans had written this or whatever and boy <laughs> the more i think about it kudos for you aaron really for knowing who danny gans is because i had to look up his last name i'm like what was his fucking name and by the way he died tragically of an opiate overdose i remember right. now not that long ago oh. I, I was just reading about in 2009 he like overdosed on on that an sucks. opiate you're right R.I.P. What a bummer for Bob Carlyle that Aaron knows Danny Gans. <laughs> Didn't doesn't know Bob know Carlyle. Bob More Carlyle. Than- <laughs> What's, I, I looked up Bob Carlyle now, and again, he seems like an okay guy. He's just, he's on, he, you can actually book him through this talent agent. And the talent agent, he has this, like a, a website that looks like it was designed no later than like 2003. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it's it's got like it's one of those websites that you know use it just has like seventy five different fonts on it. It's like neon green on black. <laughs> yeah, what? I can't read the bastard. And, yeah, and like like one section's in Times New Roman, and the other was in like Arial or something. Times New Roman. And like he's got pictures of him, the, this booking agent with with all kinds of real really famous people, Stevie Nicks, and uh, and and Buns is on there, and and they uh, all thought he was Danny Gantz. <laughs> <laughs> but but then the pictures are all kind of stacked in one line. Like you have to keep scrolling down to keep looking at pictures. <laughs> it's one of those. Absurd. But the yeah. funny thing is, yep. with all those all those fonts, I kid you not, the name of of the agent is like Tommy De La Font. <laughs> His last name is De La Font. Font. <laughs> so maybe it's a delivery font? decision. Yeah, he's he's font crazy. Yeah, <laughs> of the font. The font. What's the font? It's called the font. What? I'm Tom, Tommy of the font tribe. So we anyway, fonts. Um, do, I don't know how much more we need to. Oh well, no, we have to. We have to um, finish the story about her. You know, changing her name, getting married. Yes. Yeah. You say potato. I say potato. <laughs> Bob's gonna change his die die. <laughs> He's living that diaper life. He's in that diaper life. <laughs> Infantilism. <laughs> <laughs> he has a whole playlist for the whole, you know, play cosplay or whatever you call it of what they go through. Like the whole script, he has all, you know. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Oh. You're a real dapper dresser. No, I'm sorry, diaper dresser. <laughs> <laughs> Done up, uh, thank you. All right, carrying you on. Can, so yes, like you could have like our Garfunkel wore the tuxedo shirts and he could wear tuxedo diapers, <laughs> <some> dapper diapers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alright. She'll make a promise and I'll give her away. Standing in the bride room, just staring at her. She asked me what I'm thinking, and I said I'm not sure. I just feel like I'm losing my baby girl. Now, this is another thing that does piss me off, and I don't care that I'm not a parent. It's her fucking wedding day. Can you not make it about you, Bob? Right, totally, yeah. You know, like, I feel like I'm losing my baby girl. <laughs> yeah, Bob, but I'm, I'm so happy that she's met somebody who's going to be sweet to her. Never once is he bringing that up. It's all about fucking Bob. Yeah, and she, you know, don't forget the changing the name thing as is probably loaded as well. Like, oh, she doesn't have my name anymore. <laughs> right, right. I, I thought you were going to be a Carlisle for life. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't change that quick enough. Shit. <laughs> So yeah, and so I, I that little second. Deirdre really... Gans. <laughs> <laughs> Not anyone but him. <laughs> Look it up right now. See what Danny Gans's wife was doing. <laughs> I finally too? got away from my dad in that fucking song, and now my husband is playing it. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can, can you stop with the tender stuff? I don't want any butterfly kisses. It's 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 our wedding night. I'd like to be Rogered, please. Give me a good Rogering, please. <laughs> Danny like opens the suitcase and pulls the diapers out. No. <laughs> She's like, no. Look out, Pilgrim! It's John Wayne with a pair of diapers. <laughs> oh my god, this took such a fucking dark turn. All right, and I love every second. <laughs> Oh, oh, all right. Fuck. So yeah, that that really annoys me. Like, dude, shut the fuck up on your right. daughter's wedding day, right? And and let her have her moment. And I don't know. I'm just sitting here. I don't know what to say. And then she has to come over and console him. She's got her fucking wedding dress on, and he's, he's about to walk out in the song. He's just lurking around. All yeah, around. stop blubbering, <laughs> dude. Tighten it up, dog. What are you doing? Like a weirdo. <laughs> The sketcher right. on the fucking streets. <laughs> so she, so he's told her what's asked her, or she asked what's wrong. He's, like, I don't know. So here we go. She leaned over, gave me butterfly kisses with her mom. And she's fucking up her makeup that she just paid someone a lot of money to do because she's got to give this schlub a fucking butterfly kiss. <laughs> this selfish asshole. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. Now I'm mad at him. He seemed like a good guy until he started like inserting himself into his daughter's wedding. Wedding dates, <laughs> fucking everything up. But I, I did find a list. I forgot to get to it, and I thought it was pretty funny. A list of this on, online of the sixty best father daughter songs, and it's from about in the last year or so. It's not like it was pre Bob Carlyle. And so there, the uh, here's songs that make sense: "Father and Daughter" by Paul Simon. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, "Fathers and Daughters" (plural) by Michael Bolton also makes sense. Okay, Papa Don't Preach, hmm, possibly about, you know, an abortion debate between That's an abortion dad song, and his right? daughter, but technically it's a father and daughter song, so sure, yeah. fair enough. And, you know, if and if they're going to include uh, Papa Don't Preach, missed opportunity to have Run Joey Run in there. Yeah, right? yeah. wow, I forgot that one. <laughs> or the Danny Aiello song that he did in response to it. Oh, did he really? Papa just wants the best for you. <laughs> oh man, Aaron, fucking you just you just gave away a great torture song. <laughs> Danny <I> Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and who asked? Is like it wasn't your Italian responsibility to write a song to Madonna? Danny. Yeah, right. 
Um, and then, okay, so then we start getting a little bit sketchy, like, unforgettable? Well, okay, Natalie Cole's singing it with her dad's ghost. Right, yeah. Fair enough, you know, okay, that there's a father and daughter represented in that song. Then we start getting completely kind of off, off the rails. God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, which is really kind of stretching it. They're like, I found zero evidence that it was written about either no, Brian No, it's about Wilson. music. Yeah, it's yeah. It's about music specifically. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if his co-writer, uh, Tony Asher, had a daughter, but Brian Wilson had a daughter, and it wasn't about her. Yeah. And then, he was and writing then, about the G-Clef. Yeah. Car- and so Car- this <laughs> Carney, baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then this list gets to Brown-Eyed Girl, where you've now run out of father-daughter songs to, to the point where the writer of the article even says, this is a quote, if you ignore the part about making love in the grass... <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah, I was going to say, is it about a, yeah. So this is 60, six zero songs about fathers and daughters where they've run out of songs about, you know, probably 20 songs in. Easily. Guess what song is not on this list? <laughs> really? Bob Carlyle. <laughs> Bob Carlyle Butterfly Kisses is, is not, and I think it's, it's not a matter of like deliberately leaving it off. I think they just forgot about it. That's how, right. you know, unlike the Natalie Cole song, they, this song is completely forgettable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the only reason George remembered it is because he he was tortured by it earlier by Danny in his Gans. life. Yeah, yeah. Danny, Danny <laughs> and Aaron's never fucking heard of it, and it was a pretty big hit. I heard it back then. I remember hating it then too. So anyway, I just thought that was funny that this song was just kind of like disappeared, like in, in a cloud of smoke after like. About and also, maybe maybe we're not alone in our in our take on it that it sounds dirty. Yeah, you know, and so people are just creepy. like, I don't yeah. best left unsolved. Yeah, there's a kind that, of greasy, know, greasy layer to it, right? It is yeah, because he's like lurking. Too. He's lurking <laughs> around, and he's got the the big, the you know, he's the only white temptation. Like, like that's what he sounds like. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just not going to work out, Bob. So, all right, I don't think we have to play any more of this. I think we're. Fucking I get done. it. Yeah, I get it. Believe yeah. me, I get it. Uh, <laughs> Still another minute, but I, I'll spare you. Does he? Does someone die in the end? You know, is it? Uh, <laughs> is it cats in the cradle or anything? Or <laughs> Austin? Austin Roberts? Would Austin Roberts? Does anyone die like Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, look. Um, here, here's the deal. Uh, George George picks people, or those last couple picks have been. These people who are, I find completely charming. Like I find, I find Cher to be wildly charming. And so she really, that it wins out so often like that with the village people too. Yeah. Um, and the, and the song had some boogie to it, the Cher song. It's, mm-hmm. you know, totally silly and totally goofy and totally dumb. Now, because of Gene though, <laughs> Gene's fucking stank and dumbness is all over that motherfucker and it really bums me out and it's really hard to take because i just think of gene in the studio you know sure but faced with this with bob carlisle's <laughs> manic episode that he's having at his daughter's wedding <laughs> yeah at his daughter's wedding mr fucking showboat who's just losing it like a like a lunatic i i just can't take it like i it can't win george I, i'm telling you that it's you know when you're up against this kind of mania, I understand. <laughs> I understand with share, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, I think you agree. I, I mean, as know, much I, as you'd like to win, you'd probably have to agree here. Uh, yeah, I would. I would have to agree. Yes, I'm agree with that. Yes, <laughs> this guy's a nut. He is allegedly. I guess it's a consensus then. Yeah. <laughs> Like Bob Carlyle, I take it all. 
I take it all. It's all about me. <laughs> you know, but here, here's but here's what happens though. It's like what just happened and what I just said to George. I just dug my own grave because I spent lots of today, lots of today, being depressed about how I'll never be able to listen to that jackal part of that episode again because it's so unfun to hear and there's no charm in that part of the song in the jackal song <laughs> from a few episodes ago that it's like it's de- actually depressing to me. <laughs> but George knows that like that's an easy avenue to upset everyone and he'll always win. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we pick course, two yeah. charming people, two charming acts, and they lose. So what kind of message am I sending George? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be charming is the is the <laughs> yeah, I, I, guess. I just I just I just love the title Get Down Guitar Group. No, dude, it's it's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, just fucking sure. awesome. And I'm still mad at the writers of that song because I don't know <laughs> yeah. why they're punching down on guitar groupies. I think it's just because they're Bob jealous. Testies. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I guess now it's it's time for the sorbet, and I think we need to get Majel in here to kind of walk yeah. us in. Yeah. Clear out the uh, groupies and diaper freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this was this one's appropriate from Majel for for what George just said. Right. Sorbet. Decontaminate. There you go. <laughs> Definitely need to, uh, you know, get some hand wipes in here. Some pine salt on this. Yeah, right. Some pine salt. <laughs> really, really. Clean a wood floor or, you know. Some pine salt, some Ambien. <laughs> Rohypnol. Rubber Just gloves for it. sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Aaron's got a sorbet for us. Are you going to tell us anything about it or should we just kick it off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the one thing I will say about this, uh, before I give you the title of the artist, I'm going to say, um, this would be from the, how was this not a song written by John Lennon for Double Fantasy in 1980 department? Oh. <laughs> oh, that it department. Sounds, yeah. Oh, yeah. How was this not one of those songs? Uh, and this was not written by John Lennon, but it was from the year, from 82. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so shortly, or I'm sorry, 81, 81. So short, like shortly after uh, yeah. the uh, the icons passing. So you're gonna tell us who it is after? It's yeah. Like- no, I will just yeah. We're gonna let it start, and then uh, I, I will say though that like this is one of those ones where it's like it's pop perfection to me. It's it's along the same lines and right at the same era as uh, our boy Marshall Crenshaw, where it's like fucking pop perfection despite the fact that it has a kind of goofy sax solo in it, but I sort of apologize for it because it reminds me of like a body sort of uh, David Lee Roth, ain't got nobody kind of body strippy kind of sax sound. Okay. So uh, I will say that, but uh, I, I love this song and let's kick it off. I'll, I'll tell you who it is after. All right. All right. So tell George who this is, because I now know. Donnie Iris. Uh, oh, Donnie Iris. Uh, yeah, this is a song, My Girl, from uh, the 1981 record of his, and it's fucking great. So <laughs> this is just a fucking pop song and a half, and like that that uh, that bass player <laughs> is getting into it. 
and it's just a dynamite song and like he's when the chorus comes in it's it's just so beatly so beatly so of its time it's like he's he's wildly in love with with the fab four he's wildly in love with elo he's wildly in love with uh just great pop music and he writes it himself um so uh, uh let's let's hear some more of it and then we'll break it down a little bit more yeah, because he's Check out this this one of these na- one of those names. Maybe you have more info about Donnie, but he's one of those names that you hear a million times, but you don't know anything about him. Right, right, right. He's he's you know his known What's his for big the, hit uh, though from Alia. Alia, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That's a great right. one. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's totally a different muscle that song. You know, it's got it's that sort of rocking sort of strut, sort of vaguely cars ish. In my view, sort of sounds like a car song in a way, uh, but it's yeah. big sort of stadium rock, more of a thumper than than this song. Uh, but like, God damn, this this it, it hurts my teeth. It's so fucking perfect. Uh, and 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 the chorus as it hits, you can tell there was a there, there's a band that I loved and was around for just a short while called Jellyfish, and they oh, yeah. they were doing pastiche work in the same way that uh, our boy is doing that pastiche work in, in this song. We're really, really taking heavily from, from your, uh, from your influences, but like, it's fine. They, it's one thing to, to be influenced by somebody, but to do it fucking well and still have your own, you know, vibe is not easy. Otherwise everyone would do it. So, um, let's, let's listen to what he does with the rest of this chorus. Yeah. Yeah, that's like George Harrison solo stuff. So totally right, right. It should have yeah. been a double fantasy. You're absolutely right. <laughs> He's getting like it's it's right there, like right there, right there. And uh, so he wrote this uh, with the guy who produced the record and was in the band with him. Um, so a dude named Mark Absek, and uh, Mark Absek <laughs> sort of claimed to fame prior to working with Don was that he uh, right when Wild Cherry released "Play That Funky Music." He joined the band. <laughs> and I think Don was in the band too. So they both joined the band. And, and Don was a bass player at the time as well. Uh, he didn't play bass on the rec- on this record. Another dude did. Um, but the fact is, is they were both, they toured with Wild Cherry during the Play That Funky Music boost that they got. So they, they made a little money there, which is nice. Um, but this record was like a number eight record. And the song was number two on, on Billboard for a short while. And it's just a fucking great song. And like, he's one of these guys, he's like journeyman. Uh, and again, see what I've always loved to hear when I sounds like dudes are nice guys and uh, not being shitty. And I, and I've seen like footage. You'll see him. He played the fair circuit um, and uh, he's doing it. He's fucking doing it. And he still looks like he's happy. And, you know, he's a rust belt kind of guy. I think he's out of Northwestern Pennsylvania, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's got that vibe, you know, you know where you could stand with a guy like that. Yeah. You know? I, I just love it so much. Like I've got a deep, deep love in my heart for uh, Buffalo, New York after growing up with the Pippitone family, Damon's family, and they hail from out there. And so like anything that has to do with that really feels good to me. And it's just like fucking honest and rad and hard partying, but good people. It's just fucking awesome. And um, that's what it reminds me of in a way somehow. So I don't know. I get an emotional feeling about it. It's not just a great pop song. This picture, if you want to look it up, George, um, mm. 
of of Donnie. It's from the best of Donnie Iris, the Millennium yeah. Collection. <laughs> okay. He looks like you're kind of like uh, your junior high vice principal. <laughs> right. Who's who who came in third in a Buddy Holly contest. Yeah, right. Hey, Mr. Iris. <laughs> Can we get early today? <laughs> so this is so speaking of that, it's Donnie Iris lead background vocals, Mark Absick uh piano organ synthesizers, Glockenspiel vocals, and uh, Marty Lee Hoons on guitar, and then the bass player's name is Al Britton McLean, and then Keith Valentine. And that's the whole act. Um, it's Donnie and the Cruisers. Donnie Iris and the Cruisers was the name of the act. But I just love it. I love it, love yeah. it. It makes me so happy. Like, you can't be in a shit mood when this comes on. You know? You, you can't. just can't. It's it, fucking great. As far as a look, he's got a real Eugene Levy thing happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> he does. <laughs> like, yeah. wow, you got a good voice. He, he looks Don. like a guy your mom starts dating because she thinks she wants a sensible, boring guy. But, <laughs> but then she dumps him a couple months later to get, hooks up with a guy at the bar. Hooks up with the, the Beach Boys roadman. The, the Beach Boys roadman. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Rather date the roadie than the headliner. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is one thing. It's not that they're just doing an English accent. They're doing a Liverpoolian accent. Gal, it's yeah. very specific girl. It's not, you know, it's not just an English accent. Right. It's it totally <laughs> Which, sounds like, you know, Harrison solo yeah. stuff to me. But I, I hear the I hear the Lennon stuff too. Right. Oh but, yeah. Uh, it's it sounds like, especially like uh, when when Paul and Linda sang on that on that song all those years ago with George. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like so, it sound it's that it's that flavor. But then after that, it's it's because this is that song came out right at the same time. I think it was the and then that's one of the reasons. I mean, it's a great song, but it was it was people were feeling so sweet about about Beatles stuff after losing John. Yeah, but it was right. I think it was that the same year, Damon. It's interesting that there was just such a Beatle fucking wave. Yep, for sure. Understandable. Let's hear a little more. Yep. that this song was a hit or that album was yeah. a hit yeah it's, yeah it's, i have no recollection song. of this song yeah whatsoever. fucking number two billboard hot 100 wow so. sounds familiar but i don't know it yeah no yeah. i i was surprised to hear that it charted so high yeah. i felt like this was way more of a like i knew him for alia not yeah. for this right i've yeah. heard it before in my life and then like late last year when i grabbed this record i was blown away by this song yeah, Ali is like a, a heavy rotation, like a yacht rock. Totally. Yeah, and Ali yeah. Ali is from the same same got the same ass in it that uh, that fucking honeymoon sweet song had. New girl now. Yeah, yeah, new girl now. It's <laughs> yeah. very. It's got a strut, you know. Yeah. A rock strut, but it's, it's like no this, get down guitar groupie though. <laughs> Nothing is. Yeah. Nothing is. If Gene makes an appearance in this song, I'll. Yeah, I'm gonna bog it. <laughs> I've got to have you. <laughs> right. Hey, let's play it out. We got the sax solo coming up soon. Okay. And, oh, uh, yeah. You'll yeah, see yeah. what I mean. For this kind of period of time, you have to have the sax solo. Yeah, you have solo. to. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, yeah. it's got that big fat, it's probably a big fat baritone. You know, it looks like this guy's just blowing into Billy Barty's foot. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. Barty. A, a sax solo to me is the equivalent of Gene making a, singing a line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
right, here we go. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I really like that line. It's, 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 it seems very obvious but there's it's 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 sort of like the vibe is kind of like if you're paying attention it doesn't sound like this but it, what it sort of sounds like he's like i'm looking for chicks that are rad but he's saying you show me a woman of the world and i'll show you my girl meaning right. that's my that's what my girl is yeah you're describing so it, my chick yeah right. you're describing my chick and she's the fucking bomb he's not saying so about I, his I daughter like, is he <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> now that you say that <laughs> Yeah, it, it, so I like. I think that that's a, a it's a clever move. It's I don't know. It's just it's well crafted. Yeah, let's sure. hear that sax solo. Yeah, right, sax. sexy sax coming. <laughs> <laughs> like they do a bridge and then the sax happens. Oh, okay. Oh, that's definitely like Sergeant Pepper's yeah, well, yeah. kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can't go wrong with a floozy reference. <laughs> floozy. <laughs> Flooze me. Well, how would I rhyme? Use me. Floozy? Floozy. Done. <laughs> Dunzo. <laughs> does, does he mention a trollop in here at all? <laughs> Harlots? Anything? <Slout. laughs> Charlotte the Harlot. Here we go. I feel like we're coming back from a commercial on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, it's a body fucking sex. But what's it's so great body. about it is that, you, is that you can tell that the big chorus is coming back to us. Oh, yeah. We'll be liberated like uh, like the my beautiful French brothers and sisters were liberated <laughs> by, so many, by so many GIs. <laughs> like my braless female compatriots were liberated right. in the 70s. <laughs> All right. So does this sax like does it hit a long note as it goes into the chorus? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he's replaced by the by the singers. Oh yes, as it should be. <laughs> She's my baby. She's driving me crazy. She got something I want you to I do like that these guys are keeping it tight. You know, yeah, this rhythm like, section's incredible, dude. That guy's holding yeah, yeah. it down. I like the drum yeah, sound, everything. Way tight. It's almost like a companion piece to that uh, Marshall Crenshaw song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's I mean. got the yeah, same groove. I mean, almost mm-hmm. literally the same groove. This one might be a little bit faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, everyone's just keeping it tight. You know, when, resisting the urge to do anything extra. Yeah, and like that bass player is all over the map, but he's right where he's only where he needs to be, and he's carrying it because they—that's the for, that's the forgivable one. Everything else needs to be super super tight, you know. Yeah, he's the, still locked in. The drums do, 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 do and then the piano, dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. like everyone knows their lane; they're staying in it. Right. Yeah. Right. I love them. Yep. All right, here we go. 
that drummer exhibited some yeah. personality there. For he a did. <laughs> that guy's a fucking. He comes straight out of Groove Street. Like he, he does. can play with the fucking Commodores. Like he's fucking he's right, right in it. It's not an easy so beat dope. to hold either. This one. Yeah, it's really yeah, fucking yeah. rad. Very specific, yeah. and uh, I, I love it. And this was recorded, I think, at like Jim Studio, and like you know, <laughs> you know, wherever the fuck, uh, you know, <laughs> wherever the fuck, Pennsylvania, and and it just oh. it sounds beautiful. Like this could be like, you know, you would imagine this is like, uh, you know, Sunset Sound or yeah. you know, some some sexy place like uh, Power Station or something. Yeah, this but, is still like again pre eighties. I mean, early eighties, I should say pre, mm-hmm. you know. Big fucking reverb gate bullshit on the drums. Yeah, they're yeah, doing these band, backup yeah. vocals. <laughs> oh, they're doing it all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that the, dr- the the snare sounds fantastic. It does. You know? mm-hmm. The whole drum fucking love it. So it's it's a great fucking song, and it's it's a fucking perfect driving song. It's it's a it's a great just dicking around song. It puts a smile on your face, absolutely. So like, I encourage you, uh, my my brothers and sisters out there in the world in these dark times, let. Uh, <laughs> Let let Donnie light a candle. Let Donnie know? soothe you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, this song makes me want to go on a first date uh, to a picnic and hold hands at the end. <laughs> that's what it makes me feel like. But know? it's got it's got enough. There's there's a kind of there's a kind of streetwise kind of thing happening enough so that it doesn't feel corny. No, and it sounds like you're probably should, you should, you have a good chance of her coming across when you yeah, play oh, yeah, this song you for know sure. I mean? Yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is make out in, in my MG at the end of the night for sure. Yeah, and I'm wearing my tweed jacket still. <laughs> this, this song makes me want to go on a first day that ends with me getting my diaper changed. And she <laughs> living that diaper life. <laughs> I guess I won't come up for a drink. <laughs> Can you put it in this? It's got a bottle. In a bottle. <laughs> Can you warm this up? What? <laughs> Can you squirt a little bit on your arm to make sure it's not too hot? <laughs> oh, no. How did this go here? Uh, <laughs> poor Don. All right. <laughs> Are you hearing that yell he's doing? It's so rad. It's got the grit. It's the you you, you hear the yeah. guy the Alia grit coming out of him there, but his voice when he does that yeah sounds sort of like a sax. I was going to say it almost sounds. I thought it was for a minute, and Damon was going to get mad. The sax outro, <laughs> <laughs> the requisite in this song, sax. I outro. paid my sax fare already. I don't need to pay another one. <laughs> yeah, you paid. Speaking of Donnie Dues, you paid some. <laughs> All right. That bass player is on fire. He's, he's <laughs> it, a lunatic. Yeah. So they, they were just, I mean, great players. Don't get me wrong, but they They're were just, just this, like his nameless backup band. Yeah. Faceless yeah. backup band. That's Al Britton McLean, baby. I looked him up and he played on like one other record and it was another cruiser's record. And that's it. Bummer. He's crunching numbers or you know, working at a fucking five and dime or some shit. Yeah. He's in, <laughs> he's in a, uh... Al Britton, where are you? He's in a supply closet in Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, only a few minutes or a few seconds left. Right. Oh, drummer switches over to. The, I think he's mm-hmm. actually yeah. hitting the crash. Not he's the on ride. the ride. No, I, I thought it was ride. Yeah. Well, crash cra- ride. Maybe crashing. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> 
Aaron, did you figure out if it was a crash or a ride? Could you look that up, please? <laughs> Got it. Cried. Cried. Mr. Cried, baby. Cried, like, like the Carlisle family after he wrote that song. Right. The crying Carlisles, they call them. <laughs> It sounds so good, dude. It does. <laughs> Fuck. It's a good song. And that's Mark Absick who produced it. Like, what's that guy doing? God right. Damn it. So, anyways, uh, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, let's everybody go buy some fucking Donny Iris, not just Alia. Go buy go buy this. Buy the fucking greatest hits because you get this, you get a lot of other great songs too. So yeah, they have. Uh, the, we just I'm I'm a witness. They have the Millennium c- Collection. There, yeah. So come on. Yeah. Buy this Millennium. <laughs> Celebrating tomorrow. Today or <laughs> yesterday, <Iris>. tomorrow. <laughs> quite an episode. Quite an episode. Yeah, We've that been... that took some really bizarre turns. It uh, did. Yeah, Diaper Street, the, the kisses, Danny Gans. It's just so many. <laughs> the, the guitar, the, the guitar groupies. A lot of stuff here. <laughs> yeah, I could just see like people who listen to the show going. Yeah, I used to listen to a show called Ear and Loathing. They would do like you know. Sting and the and Kiss and Eric Cla- like bands I've heard of. Suddenly they're doing songs about guys getting their diaper changed and, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and groupies. And, but a massive hit song, a AOR, you know, staple. Because we got to take it somewhere. But we didn't take it there alone. He was driving. He took us there. Yeah, yeah. Could have done another pass on those lyrics, and we wouldn't have touched it. <laughs> Take some of that soul out of your voice, and I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, you're way too into it. <laughs> Dude, Duke's way too into his daughter. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we're done. We left the torture chamber a long time ago. So that would be the end of episode 35. You are listening to Ear and Loathing, which is hosted by your pals, the Gitmo Bros, also known as Say It With Me, the, the number, number one, one rockers forever. <laughs> Zoom made a fucking mess out of that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Go say hi to us on social media and send us some questions and stuff, and we'll answer them here on the show. We sure will. And, oh, yeah, well, I, do we have, even have an announcement about T-shirts? Like, some of our guests are going to get T-shirts, and the three Gitmos will be wearing those proudly. But uh, should we make them available to people? Or maybe I'll just, you know, if someone emails me, maybe I'll just send them the logo and they can get their own made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Better to market. It's yeah. DIY. We're not looking to make money off it or anything. It's just a f- kind of a funny, stupid logo that we made, and we that we get we get a giggle out of. Yeah, get it on a shirt that you like. Yeah, right. Yeah, tank top, whatever. Yeah. Get it on a diaper, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I let you go. I was going to jump in like an asshole, but I said George is going to do it. No, George, George is going to do it. Don't, don't, let him do it. Let him go for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> if it's too creepy, get it on a bib. <laughs> you choose is the point. So, yeah, seriously, if you email uh, earandloathing at Gmail, I will send you the uh, the artwork. Just get it on any T-shirt you want because I'd love to see a picture of you guys in it. And not wearing a diaper, please. Just put on some normal <laughs> pants. <laughs> like a like a big boy. No, no judgment. Though. You know, no judgment. Yeah, don't t- hey Damon. Don't tell our fans how to dress. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like to imagine our fans naked as they listen to the show. Like, That's just yeah. me. Yeah. You know, got a pair of cool You want the logo on it? No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, no, all jokes aside, I, I'd love to send you guys the the logo if you want to put it on a shirt because it's pretty funny. It's it has it has to do with ear and loathing. So um, that's it, guys. Uh, I guess we will talk to you later. So long to my Gitmo bros until next week, and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Ear and loathing. A nice delicate kiss on your microphone. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next week for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.